Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Conor O'Gara. Week six is here. That's like the halfway point of the season, right? Don't do this. Why I'm, do you always do no, this? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was my, my fault. We don't I'm, want to I'm talk about the end I'm riding such an emotional football. high right now. And, and yes. just the, the wave of energy and the crystals that I have. I'm kidding. That's not a real thing. But I'm, I'm fired uh, up. Peel behind the onion. Sick brag. All that stuff. You can tell by the title, but we just interviewed Tim I, Tebow. I made Tim Tebow laugh. The legend. Tim Tebow yes. giggled at something uh, I said, y'all. You, you will get to that later. Um, we have that in the middle of the podcast before uh, we we talk about all things Tebow and, and all that stuff um, before we break down all the games this week, which we're going to do, of course, and a very, very special segment, Coach O Karaoke. Oh, I cannot wait. I am excited I for that. I've my boys all, all day, boy. Coach O. Actually, no, not Coach O. Marler, can you tell us about some hot sauce, though? Yeah. As all of you know, my nickname on and off the court is... It's not hot sauce, but I do love me it's, some hot sauce. Lot, it's, yeah. You know what? It's time. We do this every week on the podcast. I, I always intro this. You know, we do a Q&A called Fourth and Wrong. People always ask me, what's my favorite tailgate food? Let's, you know, let's, let's spice it up a little bit here, Connor. Let's play a new game. How about that? It is 4.13 in the afternoon right now, correct? Let's mm-hmm. play everyone's favorite game. How many meals has Chris had today with Texas Pete involved? The over-under is 3.5. Yeah. I'm going to let you guess. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take three, but I'm ah could be four. I haven't seen. I'm trying to lose weight right now because I'm. I'm actually gonna be in Orlando next week, and um, it's only been three. Wait, you're coming to Orlando and you didn't? Yeah, I was gonna me? do it later. It's for Texas Pete. I can't wait. Very anyway, very, um, it's been three meals, all three with Texas Pete. I had eggs twice and I had a sandwich. Put Texas Pete on all of it. It was fantastic. Um, I bring it up every single week. It's Texas Pete is as much a part of my game days and Saturdays as me screaming, run the damn ball at my TV on third down. Texas Pete has been a staple of my fall Saturdays since I was a kid. It goes on everything. Fried chicken, potato salad. Um, I don't know. Sadness. Sometimes it's what gets me out of my funk if, if my team loses. All those things are real. If you're looking for a way to kick up your menu while you're tailgating or just your overall food options during a day of watching football, Head on over to texaspeat.com slash tailgate. They've got amazing recipes. They're not just good. They're simple. They're delicious. Full of flavor and fun. What do I always say, Connor? If you can't stand the peat, get out of the kitchen, y'all. That's got to be. They should really trade that. I know. Because that, that's gold. I know. That is really, really good. You've become, you become very good with these little these little trademark phrases. I'm, I, I've become more impressed with you. In the beginning, I was kind of like, ah, he's kind of reaching for some wow. of those. But you, you have upped so your So much game. honesty I'm that impressed. wasn't necessary at all. Um, but thank you for that, almost, <laughs> that backhanded compliment. Anyway, not only am I bringing fire to the podcast, just like you, um, but Texas Pete, bringing the fire and the heat Spice up your life, guys. Time to turn up the peat, as Gloria Stefan would say. That was a reach. That was a reach, and we will move on. Reaching. <laughs> LSU in Florida this weekend in the Swamp, a game that we are very excited for. Two top 25 teams. Whoever wins this game is getting a very huge boost. We, we came into this season thinking we could be talking about Ed Orgeron in the hot, on the hot seat, talking about how disastrous Florida's offense is. And Florida's offense, yeah, maybe still a work in progress, but the defense... Won him a huge game last week at Mississippi State. And both of these teams are now looking for a major, major win. Uh, talking about having winning records coming in, in the SEC uh, coming into this one. Joe Burrow is one of two quarterbacks right now in the country with 1,000 passing yards and zero interceptions. 
Joe Burrow for Heisman. Does he have his Heisman moment this week? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into this with you because <laughs> we talked about your predictions last week, and I already said in August, Joe Burrow, hot take, could be a Heisman front runner. I was. I was a little bit wrong, but yeah. How about him and Tua? Only two quarterbacks. Only Tua quarterbacks in the country over a thousand yards. I don't know if he has his Heisman moment. If he has a, a game like he had against Ole Miss, then this could be a, like a, a huge catalyst um, to propel him into the the mix for like Heisman Heisman mentions, I guess nominees. September Heisman's, October Heisman's, all that above. It's a good defense he's going to face. I love that. We talked about uh, Burrow with uh, our best friend. Uh, sorry, Luke Del Rio, but we're we are only best friends with Florida quarterbacks. So um, I guess Tim Tebow is moving. Well, to, to no, be I'm fair, kidding. Luke Del Rio is. Is, is also our best Luke, friend, but Luke Tim Tebow is our co-best friend. I think Luke kicked us out of being his best friend because of the Star Wars. Oh, because Wars. we don't watch Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I, and I like Luke is Luke is the man. Luke, you're still my you're still my best friend. Luke, that's a Star Wars thing. <laughs> that's a reach. Oh, that's, I get it. Reach count yeah. is at two. Reaching. Uh, so this game, obviously, we we're going to talk about the implications of this and what it would potentially mean for both programs. Weird stat that I was looking up today, in addition to, by the way, that was my stat on the, the Tua and uh, Joe Burrow thing. Yep. Uh, just got everywhere. Just want to throw that out there. Just, just, just got everywhere. Yep. If you if you want to, if Joe Burrow wants to talk about that in the postgame, that's cool, too. Whatever. Well, we got time. Um, <laughs> the last time that LSU beat a ranked team while it was in the top five was when? Uh, Trivia question It was 2011 against Georgia. They beat them 41-14. to 14. They were tied 14-14 to 14 at the half. I'm sorry, they were, t- they were down 14-10 at the half. Go on, SEC next question. Championship. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> All right, I'm not getting anything by you. Uh, yeah, no, crazy to think about that because it seems like whenever LSU gets into this 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 upper echelon in college football, the, the disappointment comes, right. and maybe that does come on Saturday. But this is still a game where LSU is a big, big opportunity to get a win that looked maybe not quite as good a few weeks yeah. ago. And if LSU is sitting there with three wins against ranked teams – that's, Man, that's pretty this favorable. Is lining up. This is this season is setting up so beautifully perfect for Coach O for LSU. Because here's the thing: I think I think LSU is a better football team than Florida, and and a, a lot. We brought up last week how we thought, like I thought, the line in the Mississippi State Florida game was probably affected, and I was wrong on <laughs> on the pick, but how it was bit. kind of affected by the way each team looked the week before, and because Florida looked like world beaters against Tennessee, which as we found out, was not that difficult to do. Um, but they looked really good against that Mississippi State offense on the road, holding them to 208 total yards. That's really impressive. I mean, you look at that, and we brought it up. Tennessee had 204 yards against this defense in the first first half. So, I, yeah, I, I think this this could set up as a like a perfect resume boost before they get into that Georgia game. Yeah, and I, we expect this game to be a bit of a defensive struggle. No team has surpassed 17 points in this game the last two years. Yes. Is, is either team gonna gonna get more than 17 points this in this game? One? Is I, I think Big they Ten will. Football at its finest. It, in many ways, it is. In many ways, it is. But at the same time, I think you could make a legitimate case for three All Americans on each defense in this game, right, which is kind of amazing to think about but like think about this so you had two you had two defensive coordinators in Dave Aranda and Todd Grantham yeah. who both got significant raises one is better this than the other <laughs> yeah one is one is better than the other one's a little bit more proven than the other but Todd Grantham to his credit I thought you know lost in the shuffle of what Florida did last week and Dan Mullen's return to Starkville yep. was the fact that he had that Mississippi State offense snuffed out that From defense jump. was ready 
to go. I mean, the, the blitzes that, that were dialed up in that game down to the very last play, of course, by the way, with with the water boy God, so uh, good, right? sound in the background, is that, that clip was but he, amazing. He kind of uh, laid out this, a blueprint. He really did. And, and I think that for Mississippi State, that's obviously going to be tough to overcome. But just for Florida in general, if Florida can get that kind of pressure on Joe Burrow, this is a very different ballgame. And this is going to be a game where Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, I don't think, can be 45% passing. Right. He's got to be pinpoint 65 70% as, as a passer. This game, in my opinion, is going to come down to can he make those key plays that he did like it's he did Auburn, against yeah. Auburn where he's fitting balls in these, t- in these tight <sighs> windows pass. because that man coverage that Florida has is yeah. legit. We saw that last that week. That secondary played lights out. We, we talked about it. It was really, really impressive. And the thing is, LSU, if you look at, at their team so far this season – you know, they've surprised everyone. And I think everyone knew they were going to have a good defense. We talk about how they have elite players at every single level of that defense. Obviously, Cole Tracy is now a cult hero. Um, one of our good friends, uh, Will, he, uh, <laughs> he, I'm not going to say his last name. He said he was better than Rodrigo Blankenship. Anyway, when you look at all, yeah, Whoa. when you look at all of their, like their LSU as a team, the one place that they kind of struggle is at offensive line. And they're a little bit banged up on the O-line. So it will be interesting to see if Florida can get some pressure on him, not even just with blitzes, but in general. What's the over-under on this game? I don't know, Connor. I, it's I low. Know. It's got to be low. I'm going to test you. I was testing your game. I'm going to look at it right now, but before I look at it, I'm going to guess it is 43 and a half. I think that's too high. I'm going to oh, say it's definitely like too 30, high. <laughs> I'm going to say like 38 or 39. This is a big – there's will never be under 40 points in, in a college game. Um, you have so much to learn about being a degenerate. Teams? It is 43 and a half. <laughs> wow, dude. Okay, so from now on, I'm just going to ask you, because we're going to get into this later with the Georgia Vandy thing about how we guessed that spread perfectly. Yeah. Um, we might not, like, all right, we I might it. not be very good at picks, but we, we have become very good at just understanding yeah. what, what a spread can look like. To pat ourselves on the back, that was, that was dark. And, so, and that, and that um, also, just to be fair, like, you'll see over-unders in, in the NFL under 40, Sometimes it'll be around 39, 37 and a half is like the lowest I've seen, I think. But you you will rarely see anything under 45 points in a college game. Speaking of Vegas, we buried the lead on this one. Steve Spurrier bets less miles that if Florida wins, he's got to wear the visor. And if LSU wins, Steve Spurrier is eating grass. So how about we talk about some bets that other former SEC coaches should have with one another? And let's, let's keep it themed around this weekend, these matchups. Week All six, right. which we're halfway through the year, as you so grim reaper league. No, 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 no. That, that was fake news. Yeah, it better be. Um, okay, Arkansas-Bama. You know where I'm going with this. Two classic, classic great head coaches. Probably will both be in the College Football Hall of Fame someday. Mike Price and Bobby Petrino. Loser has to pay a year's tuition for a young and upcoming dancer probably all in once Ooh. there you go <laughs> no it's just too too much i knew you're going there i knew you're going there um okay up next auburn mississippi state these are two of my favorite coordinators of all time tony franklin and jolie dunn loser has to buy the other pair or the other person a pair of all white sperry loafers because i feel like they only wear shoes without socks and they have to shave their face every day for a year because i don't think either one of those coaches ever shaved, or spent a Friday or Saturday night sober. Shaving your face is vastly overrated. I know, we both have Putting beards. a straight razor to your face, yeah. You, you feel like the two- or three-day stubble thing week, going on. I haven't you. been clean-shaving in a long time. <laughs> um, last but not least, uh, South Carolina, Missouri. Where should we go with this? 
Mr. Friend of the Show. Steven Garcia. Steven my Garcia. favorite quarterback, non-Bama quarterback, probably just quarterback of all time in the SEC, versus Gary Pinkle. Loser okay. has to buy a case of wine. Pinkle's a big wine guy. Big wine guy. People don't know that. Or a case of beer for from a man, Steven Garcia. There you go. Big beer big guy. Big beer guy. Big beer guy. Who, and hell, man, who isn't? Am I right? It's 5 o'clock. If I was doing any better. Damn it, Chris. Be fun to have a beer with Stephen. Yes, Garcia. I would. I would love to do that. That's bucket list of SEC things that I need to definitely do. Yeah. Uh, and kind of circling back to Spurrier, Stephen Garcia thing. That all makes sense. That's I why guess. I did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Auburn and Mississippi State this weekend. We talked about it very briefly with some of the you know the Florida stuff, but this is the the you better not lose it game for both of these That's coaches because. It, yeah. we, We've seen what happens with Gus Malzahn when he's got two losses early in the season. Fan support for him. The anti-Gus crowd comes out in full force. And, by the way, Joe Burrow um, might be 0-2 in SEC play, and he could go to 0-3. Uh, we don't need to Jim talk about Morgan. that. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I said Joe yeah. Burrow. Joe, You're already Joe off Burrow the bandwagon. Just, you are already so um, far off the Mississippi State bandwagon, you're already clinging on to the one that I created of the LSU. I'm going to apologize to my guy. Mr. Joe Moorhead, who, by the way, can we get Joe Moorhead verified on Twitter? Can we get me verified on Twitter? Your wife is verified. My wife is verified on Twitter. She's pretty funny, though. She came came in hot last night with a pretty funny tweet. Yeah, she's uh, way smarter and funnier than me. Same with mine, man. Hell. (laughs) Married up. Um, no, this is the this is the better not lose a game for both of these coaches who do not want to suffer that second SEC loss. And for two offensive minds... This is kind of, they're, they're living, in one way, they're living in parallel universes in that Auburn did its damage in non-conference play and kind of impressed everybody with what it did in Washington. And Joe, Joe Moorhead impressed everybody with what they did at Kansas State. And it was kind of like, all right, you feel good about these offenses. And then the last couple of weeks, you're just like scratching your head, thinking to yourself, how are these offenses going to sustain drives? It's been disastrous for both of these teams. And I think both of these, these coaches are going to be really, really desperate just to, to put up t- 25, 30 points in this that's game. Outrageous. I think that's what we're... Which is exactly, no it sounds way. outrageous, doesn't it? So, and, and this is... When you said offensive minds, the first thing I thought of is probably because we talked about the Waterboy earlier, is that scene from the Waterboy where Fonzie or whatever his name is... What's his name? Harry Winkler? Yeah, yeah. whatever. Anyway, he's like, he's like, no. So this is the play. He pretends to fake. He pretends to pretend to fake. That's what I feel like both of these offensive minds are doing right now. They're overthinking it more than I do on just a daily basis. And, I mean, the next line you have like in here in our notes, which offensive line will be more overmatched? That is the question of the year because these two D-lines, it's... They're going to get oh after it. God. They're going to be in the backfield all yeah, day. That- I, I feel bad for that that Mississippi State offensive line that's got to go against the likes of Marlon Davidson, Dontavious Russell, Nico, Derek Brown. By the way, we've talked about the K thing with uh, with Auburn and Auburn running backs and stuff. Can we start a is there's it should be a D theme say, for yeah. Auburn defensive yeah. players, be, and it works perfectly because it's Auburn right. D. But they all have D's like Deshaun Davis. I mean, th- these are all guys with D's and they're Carlos Dansby with a K exactly. and a D. What? Yeah, wow. he is the epitome of an Auburn He's superstar. He's the best. Right there. Um, uh, yeah, you bring up a good point, though, because these offensive lines are have done nothing really to show us that they're going to be able to handle even just a, a mediocre defensive line. What makes us think that they're going to be able to, to handle these groups? Auburn comes in having allowing the fewest touchdowns in the country, and, oh, by the way, they've allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns in the country. How are both, how are either of these offenses going to get anything going? I see. I think... I think um, 
I think that there's going to be a minimum of three interceptions in this game. I don't think offenses are – I mean, this is – I don't think it's going to be like the 3-2 game they had, which is the worst game in the history of football. Uh, One of the greatest NLDS games of all time, though. I'll say that I would take the under on this one, obviously. That What is the over-under on this one? Let me guess. Let me guess. Here we go. Let me test you again. Um, With these two offenses, I'm going to say 54 and a half. No, that's way too high. Is it? Way too high. Let's get here. I'm I'm going to say 42 and a half. No, there's no way it can be oh, 54. Sheesh. We're so good at this. It's 42. I'm, thank Air you. High five. Thank you. Thank you. Very proud of myself. Yeah, this this is a this is tough to if you're a fan of both teams, you're thinking to yourself, a defensive touchdown to start off the game would really yeah. be nice. I mean, a, a pick six, something like that, I think would be extremely beneficial. There are a lot of Mississippi State fans who are understand, understandably very upset with the way that things have gone so far. Uh, one touchdown in eight quarters, obviously, that is not a mark that you know Mississippi State fans are very right. proud of. But here's what I will say, and this is something to to remember with, with all of this, because I think we, we get caught up in you know these two game, you know, we want to come jump to these conclusions, all that stuff. There's a fire there's a fire Joe Moorhead website, all that. I started it. Mississippi You started it. Wow, that's <laughs> rude of you. Um, Nobody asked you to do that. Um, here's the thing. Penn State got off to that 2-2 two and two start. And I know that Penn State had Saquon Barkley, had Trace McSorley, Mike Kosicki, all of those guys. But if you actually look at some of the numbers, which I'm pulling up right now. Um, We're so prepared. Comparing their, their starts, their, their September yeah. starts, it's interesting. It's, it's, just, it's just interesting if you just kind of think I'll, about it. So, so in September, 2016 Penn State, 29 points a game. 2018 Mississippi State, 32.6. Total offense, offense total yards per game, 2016 Penn State had 339 yards compared to 433 for Mississippi State. Passing yards, Penn State had 237, Mississippi State 214 rushing yards per game. Only 101 rushing yards in September with Saquon Barkley and and Trace McSorley. Mississippi State averaging 219. And then the sacks allowed per game, Mississippi State only at 2.2, which seems low considering how bad the offensive line's been, and Penn State was averaging 2.8. So I just make that the point because Penn State was a mess, and Penn State figured it out. And all you've heard from Joe Moorhead all week is trust the process. We've seen right. this work before. We're confident in this. I think getting it to work against Auburn, getting it to work against LSU in the next two weeks is going to be very difficult. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you're just hoping that somehow you get away with a 17-14 win and you somehow luck out. What are the chances that that actually happens and Mississippi State puts together a winning effort against the top Auburn's 10 team? Win. Yeah, I think Auburn's yeah, it's, win it's weird. That's a weird line when it, it, it speaks to like Vegas's trust in a top 10 team, a team that moved up t- two spots. Maybe it's because they had baffling, a ridiculous rain delay. I don't know. But you're talking about a three-point favorite. I get there on the road, three-point favorite, or three-and-a-half, against an unranked team. Does... Auburn end its massively long streak of two games without a hundred yards. That is rushing. a massively long or 100 streak. Yards I, mean, like, I know you said it like sarcastically, but like, I, I don't know. I think so. The bigger question for me, and I, I hate to do this to myself, I'm gonna, I'm gonna borrow a question that our man Jay Raj, Jordan Rogers, brought up today on SC Network. Well, our man. No. I mean, I think our our frenemy, maybe I at best. I would say friend. I would just, I would say the latter part of that. Okay. <laughs> 
our I'm mortal enemy. I'm gonna throw him a bone Rodgers. here and let him and, and bring up a set he brought up on on the on the SC Network today, and that was in against Southern Miss. Do you know how many pass attempts? Total pass attempts, not completions. Pass attempts. Jared Sidham attempted between zero and forty-five yards. Between zero and forty-five yards. That should be like every pass. That's right? a very good point, Connor. Two. He threw 11 passes behind the line of scrimmage. So at some oh point, gosh. Gus Malzahn has to figure out, it, it's it, stop trying to get cute with it. Get the football in the hands of your running back, in, in the hands of your capable quarterback, in the hands of any of those really, really good receivers in one of the best receiving cores in the entire SEC, and stop trying to be too cute and get an east and west and all these trick plays and jet sweeps and all that kind of stuff and get north and south. Yeah, this, this game, I think, is going to be a defensive struggle. Both of these teams, we, we do not expect to light it up offensively. Watch watch these teams end up playing like a 45-48 game. I hope it's 3-2. Like um, make this <laughs> look stupid. Uh, two teams that are going to be playing in a crossover matchup, an interesting matchup, Kentucky and Texas A&M. Not necessarily Why are we talking about this one so early? We, this is like the game of the week. I, yeah, no, I'd probably bury the lead on this one. Um, Kentucky comes into this, well, opened as basically a touchdown underdog. Yeah. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. Vegas still does not know what it's doing with Kentucky after Kentucky slapped Vegas in the face with that spread last week with South Carolina starting as the opening favorite. Of course, that didn't happen. Benny the Bandit, uh, a.k.a. Benny Snell, he is going to try and keep this going for the Kentucky Wildcats who come into this ranked number 13 in the country. Can Kentucky keep this up on the road against a West team? Is that possible? I, it's possible. I mean, it's, 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 oh, man. I, no, I sense doubt in your I voice. And, and I, I, wanna, want I wanna play I don't want to be this person. I don't want to go back to being like, I don't like Kentucky. I don't believe in Kentucky. This is just a different animal. And, you know, going to College Station in front of 107,000 people is different than even going to the Swamp. And I get that they went to the Swamp and they beat a, a, what is now looks like a pretty good Florida team. And I, I'm not taking anything away from them. They've, they've been an underdog seemingly every week except against Murray State. And Murray State's got a hell of a team this year, man. Probably going to go to the Sweet 16. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm texting our producer, Mark, so that I can tell him to um, to cut up that audio Dude. and just send it straight to Mark Stoops. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, And, and Benny Snell. You're doubting oh, me? Oh, my, my. Oh, Snell, yes. Um, so I, I will say this. I think Kentucky can win. I definitely do, because I think Kentucky's a really good football team. But this is what I brought up last week, and you, you said on the pod on Sunday, you're like, I can't believe they have three teams that have one loss ranked ahead of them. This is why, because when you look at it in a head-to-head matchup, do you think Kentucky can beat A&M on the road? I think they can. I don't think they will. I hate to say that. And we'll get into it later about why, but, I mean, and it's only because of the fact that, like, they, I get going to the Swamp, and that is a huge, huge, that's a season-defining accomplishment when they what they had in the swamp and you know ending the whole streak of 32 years 31 32 whatever either way this is different than being at home in like the friendly confines of the lex of the krogue and then having to go to kyle field in front of 107,000 dudes screaming and hollering and swaying back and forth i'll say this I think that Mike Elko is too good of a defensive mm-hmm. mind to be one-dimensional against. And I think that Kentucky has gotten away with not having really a passing game. Shout out to neighbor Terry Wilson, who has not had to throw the ball very much. 
but I think he might have to. In and this so, and, and I don't want to get into the, like the picks too much, but that's my issue. I brought this up to you the other day with a stat that I texted you, which was wrong. <laughs> he debunked immediately. I was like, <laughs> you know, Terry Wilson hasn't thrown a touchdown pass against an FBS team. And you're like, that's incorrect. He did two against Florida. Like, did you just black out <laughs> against Florida? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't like to use that word, but um, anyway, I like beer. So I have. <laughs> God dang it, Chris. So here's the thing, Terry Wilson. And we joke around about him every week, and, and, and he's our favorite neighbor. I love Terry Wilson. I love what he's doing in this offense. I think they are really using him, I don't want to say incorrectly, but underutilizing him. They need to get him in space, get him on the edge, maybe some speed option, use his legs to set up the pass. Because in four of the five games, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. He has two touchdown passes on the whole season, Connor. Here's the thing. You say he's being underutilized. They've won three SEC games by double digits. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. Why have they and had I, to utilize him as a passer? I don't know. Why are you, why are you doing this to me yeah. right now in front of everybody? Sorry, sorry. I, I should have told but you about that. But that's a problem. That's a problem if you had if you have thrown a touchdown pass in one out of five games. I, I totally get them winning by double digits. That defense is legit. Like That defense is not talked about nearly enough because Cash Daniels is a cartoon character. He's my favorite wrestler on WWE Monday Night Raw every week. But suspended for the first half, which right? also is a targeting. problem. Yeah, which is yeah. And, I, and by the way, just tip of the cap, second second pod in a row for mature logic and measured responses. When Stoops went back and said that that should have been targeting, it should have been called. Look at yeah. us all being honest with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Kentucky linebackers, the matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing is oh. is Josh Allen against Kellen Mond, chasing him around. I think that's going to be fun to watch. Seeing him come off the edge against the last, you know, well, really against every quarterback we've seen this year, that has been a daunting task, and nobody has really been able to find out the solution to stop him. He's been, in my opinion, and I haven't watched the rest of the country as closely, but he's been the best linebacker that I've been watching, bar none, all around. I think there's no question about that. So who ends with more rushing yards in this game? It's Kellen Mond running for his life against Josh Allen, or our favorite neighbor, Terry Wilson? That's a good question, because Mond had over 100 yards rushing against Bam in the first half. People forget that. <sighs> I know I didn't. I'm going to say it's our neighbor, Terry Wilson. And the reason why is this, uh-huh. because that offense is going to go how he goes. And I, that sounds stupid or cliche or whatever. But Benny Snell no, cannot, fair. and I'm, I hope you're listening, Benny, and I'm not saying it's in a mean way. Well, what kind of Bam? Benny Snell's not talented enough yeah, to carry are. this offense. He's a, he's, he's a good running back, but he is not physically talented enough to to beat 11 men on any on any defense i will say this but one final thought on, on kentucky is i'm interested to see how they react given how one-dimensional they've been yeah. offensively if they fall behind 14 exactly in this exactly game. And that's what worries me on the road that's that's the the unquestioned thing with uh with these but hold on kids. real quick but, can we also say this please don't lose because this is so much fun and you guys are so, you guys are just do it for all of us man we we love it we, we, we need you, Kentucky. Uh, no, but I, I am, I'm excited to, to see how that one plays out. A game that we think could be over in the first quarter, maybe the first half of the first quarter, Alabama and Arkansas. Here's a stat I, th- I saw thrown out there that I thought was fascinating. Don Chavis, I can't remember who threw this out there on Twitter, so I usually like to cite people, but I, I apologize. I did not see who threw this out there. Don Chavis has faced Alabama 30 years in a what row. What about John Chavis? Boom, bro. I said Don Chavis. When I, he is the Don of defense. Oh, that's good. I didn't mean to say Seamless Don. Transition. I meant to say John Chavis. He's faced him 30 years in a row? 30 years in oh, a row. Oh, the guy who's at Tennessee from amazing? like 1974. Yeah, that's crazy. It's Tennessee from like 1995 to 2008, which never happens for a coordinator yeah, He still anymore. has that cop mustache too. 
Oh, he he looks like he's just constantly like, uh, give me your badge and give me give me a donut right now. That's John Chavis. He's Southern, but I think like that that's the perfect way. He's yeah. He was great on NYPD Blue. <laughs> we we talk about John the Don Chavis. Let's just make that his nickname. Uh, John and, and that defense. <laughs> And, and what they've done the last couple of weeks, Drake Greenlaw, we talked about the, the big-time interceptions that he had against Texas A&M. And th- this is a defense that hung around against Auburn and A&M. And I know we talk about, you know, moral victories and whether or not that's a thing. I don't. Alabama doesn't really give moral victories. And we, we expect Alabama to still have a field day against this defense. Let's talk instead about the Arkansas offense because I think that the Alabama the Alabama offense we, we, we feel like we got a good idea of what's going to happen. I just Google image search John Javis and I can't stop laughing. John the Don Javis, um, are you all aboard? Because you said something last week that I found interesting. Are you all aboard the Thai story hype train? This is the story of a hurl. Never gets old, huh? If you ne- if you never say that again, I'll be very happy. You know I'm going to say it each and every week now. Um, yeah, I I kind of I kind of am, and and I forgot who it was that brought it up, but it was somebody a lot smarter than me, and somebody that actually played football. Um, oh, it was actually it was Saban. Saban brought it up in his press conference. <laughs> he said, "You see the genuine reaction of my face." Oh, that's who it was. So I, so I brought it up on Sunday, and so I guess great minds think alike. Obviously, um, the the issue I think one of the issues Arkansas is having offensively because Chavis's defense has been pretty damn good in the past couple weeks, especially against the run. And that's, this sounds weird, but that's not Bama's strong suit this year, is their, their rush offense, their rushing offense. Um, that being said, they kind of get themselves into a little bit of a pickle by going back and forth and not being decisive on who their quarterback should be. I think they need to run with Ty Story. Let him get out there, get his feet wet a little bit, throw four interceptions, let him, let him have it. I've got, uh, I've got two, two questions for you. Two, uh, you could, you could, one's one's more of an over under, and one's just you know eat one or the other. Who throws more touchdown passes in this game, Jalen Hurts or Ty Story? Jalen Hurts. That's not a question. That's a. I, I I think that's I think that's legit. I think he I think he wins that battle. But I I really do one. like all jokes aside, they need to let him. That kid's got a lot of. He's got some arm talent, man. He's got a, he's got a good arm. He just he, they need to give him a little bit of a confidence boost, and I don't know if it's this game they want to do it in, but. I, I think he, he, they need to decide on one guy. Yeah, and, and he has played you know pretty much the full game the last two weeks, I this believe. Great, and, right? You know, if if they were to get our our favorite last chance U star, Raheem Boyd, yeah. involved, that probably wouldn't be the worst thing either. So, um, how about this second half snaps for Tua? Uh, I'm gonna set the over. I'm gonna set the over under at eight under. Five. I'll say five. It'll be one drive. Okay. Okay. Uh, bold prediction that I know you can get on board with. Jalen Waddell going to take advantage of bad Arkansas special teams. Going to have a punt return touchdown in this game. I'll say no, because he, he'll probably get it called back. I feel like he's had two or three called back this year. He he might be the most slippery player. That's such a problem. You said that the first week of the year, and, and I'd been telling you about him all um, fall, because I think if you yes, guys you remember, uh, Connor's the one that wrote in his uh, preseason article about the five freshmen <laughs> that we're going to have. Or no, it was ten. It was ten freshmen. It was it was two. It was sure two. okay. Um, no, but yeah, Jalen Waddle. He's he is very slippery. Uh, a game that we expect to see. Uh, I, I I would expect to see a lot of offense in this one in Mizzou in South Carolina. 
How about two quarterbacks You're who are in vastly different <laughs> scenarios right now? Uh, Drew Locke is is still on the rise, so to speak, uh, coming off a of bye week with Mizzou uh, against Jake Bentley, a quarterback who I think South Carolina fans are starting to realize he might not be the guy. And I think last week, watching him struggle against Kentucky and watching some of the, the decisions that he was making, you're just left scratching your head wondering when is this kid going to get it because he's not in high school anymore, contrary oh to popular belief. He's the opposite of, of a fine wine. He has not aged well. Um, and I, I, I feel for him because I think, you know, shuffling offensive coaches is always difficult. Oh yeah. But I, I, there's something to be said for just being able to process reads and understand where you're going to take what the defense is given to you and not throw the ball into Dude. double coverage. And he has not mastered Okay, that here's yet. the thing. And I get what you're saying, and you're right. But – People, people love to hate on Drew Locke, and we're about to get into Locktober. He is. He had 18 touchdowns and two picks last year in October. Did you come up with that no, yourself, Locktober? Jordan Rodgers did. Um, that's a joke. He did not. I will never okay, steal yeah. a comment from Jordan Rodgers. Anyway, uh, no, he had a really good October last year. People get tired of, of, of him and say he's, well, he doesn't, you've said it even, and we brought up like legit stats about it, about, you know, what he does against good competition. But, you look at the people around him and the talent around him and the difficulties he's had as like a two, three-year starter at Mizzou, Jake Bentley has weapons. He does. He absolutely does. And they does. play in the same division. I mean, can you imagine what, what Drew Locke would do with Debo Samuel? And I get that he has Emmanuel Hall, and I still think Emmanuel Hall is one of the better, better receivers, if not the best receiver, in all the SEC. But if you had two targets like that... It, For Debo Samuel, yeah. gosh. Yeah, and, and Emmanuel Hall is, is banged up still. Uh, we don't know his status yet. It was the time of recording this, this podcast, I believe, um, as to whether or not he's going to be full go. Uh, he, when he was on the field against Georgia, he could not do anything. He couldn't stretch the field. He might be the most important injury status that we're yep. following in the SEC just because I think he is such a game changer for Drew Locke and, and having the deep passing game. He still has Albert O to throw the ball to, and the running game has been better, but Drew Locke needs to stretch the field vertically. Derek Dooley's offense against Will Muschamp's Ugh, defense. Uh, Will Muschamp's defense currently ranks second in the SEC against the pass, so that's something, I guess, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I question whether or not uh, Will Muschamp is going to be able to – to have the right pieces yeah. in place to with an, his defense, which is still inexperienced, I'm not sure how many great passers well, they face. I know they face Jake Fromm. And Fromm but. had, and this is this is where the the game is going to be won or lost, in my opinion. And that's this. I mean, South Carolina had a lot of drops last week against Kentucky. And by the way, like they're not South Carolina is not a bad football team. They have what? They have two losses to two teams ranked in the top 15. One of them on the road. That being said. Right. Are they going to be able to take advantage of a Mizzou defense, which has been better than, than people thought, but also has been very, very prone to giving up the big play? When you talk about three of the touchdown passes Fromm had against them over 33 mm-hmm. yards, two of them over 50. Yeah, and I, I think that this game is – I think tensions are going to be high in this one because I don't think Barry Odom wants to drop to 0-2 in SEC play. And at the same time, I don't think Will Muschamp wants to drop to 1-3 or be around to people SEC play. That much. I mean, he's <laughs> tensions are always high around Will Muschamp. I, but also, you're talking about Mizzou coming off a of bye week. Right. they got to go from be, Columbia to Columbia. People don't talk about that enough. I know I do. <laughs> I, I think we have potential for the Will Muschamp blow-up. Oh, God, I've been waiting all year for I, it. I, I think it's, I think, you know, after a few games, a couple, you know, a few tough weeks, I, I think that we could see a sideline blow-up of epic proportions if Drew Locke has, like, 
three touchdown passes. And turn off Sandstorm. I'm not going to say it again. (laughs) We're down 17 points. It's the second quarter. If I hear Sandstorm one more time. (laughs) Hottest place in the world. You know it. South Carolina. Let's get into Uh, the game of the week. Fandy and Georgia is the game of the The week. The Jordan Rodgers Bowl. The battle that. The, the Jordan Rodgers Bowl, the battle we've all been waiting for. Kyle Shermer against Jake Fromm. All right. Big Sherm. With all due respect to, with all due respect to Kyle Shermer, whom I like, I think we'll get a nice reminder on Saturday that he is not quite on Jake Fromm. I disagree. Fromm. I think that Jake Fromm, is a, he's a good college quarterback. I don't think he's good enough to go pro. I think he ends up working for Allstate um, as, like, not doing the commercials. Or maybe we're, maybe managing a Cabela's. State, for, State, State Farm, Farm would not let Jake from State Farm. That yeah, dumb. that would not that was happen. Dumb on my part. Yeah, that I, was dumb. <laughs> um, very dumb. By the way, Jordan Rogers also took a shot at our boy Aaron Murray have. Uh, in that. As what did well. he say? Just saying. Well, because he was saying like, "Oh yeah, Aaron Murray was great college quarterback, and he balled, but he got to the NFL, and he was only." Can you a imagine or being Jordan? Like that would be like me being like, "Let me tell you something about comedians that don't have talent." Like Kevin, yeah, Hart. like and like all people better than me. And they're like, no, dude, like that that ain't it. That ain't it, Jordan. The, I will say this is. I think this is going to be an interesting dynamic for Kirby ahead of this LSU game because I think he wants to really get that running game right. I don't think you want to go into this feeling like you still don't know what necessarily what you right. have with your backfield. You want to have that identity. Uh, established a guy that we were talking about a lot coming into this year. I had, I think we both had as our SEC offensive player of the year was DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is sitting here with, we're five games of the season. He's only got 240 rushing yards and no run longer than 17 yards. He doesn't look quite like what he did, and maybe he's still banged up. But is this a get-right game for him? Uh, I don't. I mean, I think I I don't want to pile on Vandy. Because they played arguably their best game against Notre Dame, but you're talking about a defense that gave up 27 points to Tennessee State last week. Um, that was never needed a late drive to be able right. To beat and never, way. never really close against uh, against never really close against South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I don't know. I think the the question for me is, and I heard Georgia fans say this. We all, and me included, all just kind of assumed this is a plug and play type situation, and not saying that we you could just easily replace Chubb and Michelle. But, yeah, Swift, we saw glimpses of him as being, like, the next great running back that UJ always has a running back. And I heard a lot of Georgia fans say, like, I don't know, man. Like, he's he's more of, like, the slash guy. Like, you know, get him out in space and third down back, all that kind of stuff, not between the tackles. And that's been kind of true. He's not fared well behind, like, been, between yeah. the tackles at all. I mean, I've had a run longer yeah, than it, 17 yards this year. <laughs> Elijah Holyfield has been kind of the probably the best runner out of that well, backfield. Real quick, let me say one thing about this. If you can't do it with that offensive line, that's mm-hmm. that's what's worrisome. That's what's most worrisome. Also, someone needs to get Cade Mays a, uh, I don't know, tone it down a notch, my man. You're scaring me. <laughs> yeah, do you see what Cole Kubelak tweeted? <laughs> that terrifying. Oh, my gosh. That guy is going to wreak havoc on a whole lot of defensive linemen in the next and couple of years. And my nightmares. Yeah, that was, that was quite the hit that he delivered way downfield when maybe the play was over, but... Uh, yeah, this game I don't expect to be that close. I would, if you're a Georgia fan, and if this game isn't put away by halftime, the the concern is going to increase. And I think a lot of people in Sanford Stadium are going to be saying to themselves, like, "All right, guys, time to pro- probably time to figure yeah. this out." They'll say they'll say it in other ways, but yeah, that that'll be the right. resounding I, theme and thought process behind it. It'll just come with a lot more anger and barking. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see a decent amount of Justin someone Fields in that stadium in will form, yell out, "Damn it, Bobo!" Just out of habit. Just just out of habit. <laughs> Still not over that yet. Uh, let's go to uh, our interview with uh, Tim Tebow, the SEC Network slash Minor League Baseball slash star of that one episode of Fixer Upper slash future Florida uh, Ring of Honor inductee. He'll be inducted in with a, a ceremony uh, at halftime at the LSU Florida game this Saturday at the Swamp. Talked about a lot of different things with Tim. We're best friends with Tim now, right? I don't. I'm not ready to say that. We can call him Tim. Timmy. Here is Tim Tebow. We're excited to welcome on a very special guest, a repeat guest, actually. Uh, you might have heard of him before. His name is Tim Tebow. Uh, Tim is, is here uh, with us on behalf of the 2018 Allstate AFCA Good Works team. Uh, Tim, before we dig into some SEC talk, why don't you tell us about the, the work that you're doing with the fine folks over there at Allstate? Well, it, it was an opportunity that I had when I, in 2009 to be part to be named to the Allstate Good Works team, and for the last three years, it's been my pleasure to be an ambassador for them. Um, you know, so many people, all of us, we care about what happens on Saturdays in the games, but sometimes what gets overlooked is these young men that are out there changing and working in their communities. And what I'm so proud of Allstate and the Good Works team for is that um, they recognize um, these young men for the difference they're making in their communities. And um, these 22 young men that have been named to the team um, have been changing lives and changing um, their communities for the better, whether that's Dalton Risner or Kansas State who started a foundation called Rise Up to help kids with cancer or special needs, or that's uh, Rodrigo Blankenship at Georgia. Just so many of these young kids, Jonathan Laird at uh, Lloyd at Duke um, University, um, working in the Children's Hospital. You know, we see what these kids do on Saturdays, but we need to recognize what they're doing um, the rest of the year and making a difference. And that's why it's my privilege to represent the All-State Good Works team. Tim, uh, let's let's dig into it. Uh, you're being inducted into the Florida Ring of Honor on Saturday, the Florida LSU game. You've gotten so many honors throughout your career, but how high up there does this rank for you? You know, this one's pretty high um, for some different reasons. Um, you know, it was my grandfather's dream to see uh, the University of Florida win an SEC championship, and he died before um, uh, before that ever happened. And my parents' first game, or their, my parents' first date was to the Florida-Georgia game. Um, wow. I had two siblings go to Florida. You know, I just bleed orange and blue. And um, and to be able to be inducted in the Ring of Honor and to one day take my kids and hopefully grandkids back to games and be a part of that, I think that's what's really special because, you know, just having my parents and family with me on Saturday, you know, it's as much of an honor for them as for me, and that'll be really special. The game itself, we expect it to be a fun one. How drastically did your opinion of Florida change after watching what they did last week at Mississippi State? You know, it really didn't change. I really thought they were going to come in there and stop the run and, and make it a four-quarter game. I think um, what um, what Dan Mullen was able to do with um, just the way that I think he out-schemed them and out-coached them and was able to um, – um, put Felipe in really good situations. 14 times they threw the ball at or behind the line of scrimmage. And so, you know, they didn't play in the Mississippi State's um, hands of what their strengths are. They played, you know, they really played into their weaknesses. And, um, you know, they took away their their defensive interior front and they stopped their, their run. And uh, they made Mississippi State play a game they didn't want to play. And 
Um, and so you got to give their coaching staff a lot of credit. Um, they put, you know, Dan Mullen put his guys in a position to succeed in that game. Are you uh, a Felipe Franks believer? I, I, I'm someone that I think Felipe is getting a lot better, and I think he's improving. Um, but I think just with any quarterback, you got to put him in the right situations. And, um, and I think it's also important that Felipe plays with confidence. I'm a, a total believer in his talent and his ability, um, but I think he's got to play with. I think he's got to be decisive, and he's got to um, play with conviction. And if he sees it, he's got to let it rip, and he's got to trust himself. And I think when he does that, he's got a chance to be really good. Let's uh, let's talk about his counterpart uh, this weekend, Joe Burrow. Everybody seems to be on one side or the other with him because of the completion percentage stuff and all that. Is he already an, an elite SEC quarterback, and how do you expect him to fare against this Florida defense? You know, I've been I've been um, pretty shocked by Joe. Um, you know, everybody kind of knocked him after he got um, beat out at Ohio State, but you have to understand that that the kid he got beat out to barely is probably third in the running for the Heisman right now. And Joe has really been efficient and effective um, so far. And he's very poised. Um, he's not just a, a, um, a game manager. He's made um, a bunch of plays with his legs, scrambling, throws down the, down the field. I've been really impressed with Joe. And I, I think he's also um, – things are starting to click even more, so I expect him to get better throughout the year. You didn't hide your emotions after Florida lost to Kentucky. You pretty much called out the program for, for being overconfident and they haven't lost since. Can we just consider that the promise part two? Is that good? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I just, uh, you know, it was just my sense that, um, that they, you know, they, they didn't understand what it means to strain and to work and to really embrace the grind. And I think when, I think their talent is totally there and their ability is totally there and they got the guys to be special They're, I mean, but it's a, it's about playing together as a team. It's about working. It's about that grind. It's about competitive excellence. And I think that's something that they're learning. And they're kind of figuring out as they go right now. Um, but I think that they eventually they will get it. Will they totally get it this year? I don't know. But eventually, they're going to get it. Uh, Tim, who's the best quarterback in the SEC not named to a tongue of hmm. that's, a good, that's a really good question. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you know, I'd, I would want to give um, before the season. I would say Stidham um, at Auburn. I think that he has um, um, had some really good games. I think over the last few hasn't been his best games. Um, I think his, his talent level is superior to a lot of people. I just think he's got to get things clicking in his offense. But we got to be honest, this is a very different offense than it used to be. They don't have a running game, so it all falls on his shoulder. Um, but I think for Auburn to be successful, he has to be the second-best quarterback in the SEC. Uh, Kelly Bryant, the, the decision to transfer, everybody had an opinion on that, whether he was being selfish, whether he was you know, doing what was best for him. You know, whatever it was, all those takes were out there. What was your opinion on his decision to utilize this new redshirt rule? I, I don't blame him at all for it. I think he should have the ability to go live out his dream. And um, 
and everybody wanted to bash him when he made the decision. Then they wanted to bash him again when he when Trevor Lawrence got hurt. But guess what? Trevor Lawrence is back this week, and it would have you know uh, I, I don't blame him at all. We see coaches leave, we see grown men um, leave every single year, go all over the place to better their lives and their jobs and live out their dreams. But when young men want to do it and to get a chance to play one more year at college quarterback, maybe the last year he'll ever get to play, and we're going to knock him for doing it. I, I think it's ridiculous. Listen, he was loyal to his school. He waited. He was behind Deshaun Watson, was a great teammate, got his opportunity, brought them to the college football playoffs, ran into a buzzsaw against Alabama. Then this year, you know, he's done a great job, and um, but he, he lost out to a kid with a higher upside. You know what? So um, I don't know if he handled everything perfect, but guess what? He's still a kid. And he decided, hey, I want to go live out my dream next year and have one more season play college football. I don't blame him whatsoever. And um, as in fact, you know, I like the rule and I'm proud of him making that decision. I think it's good for young men and it's good for college football. Tim, I asked you this before uh, you came when you came on last time. Uh, real quick, uh, how many avocados have you had today? <laughs> Actually, none today. None. Whoa. Does that blow your mind a little bit? Yeah. Dang, okay. <laughs> Are you feeling all right? I'm doing okay. Thank you. You know, I probably you can get some for dinner or something, but I'm all right. All right. Good to know. Well, we got uh, we, we want to take you out with uh, some family feud. We got some rapid fire questions that uh, Marler's going to shoot your way. Perfect. It's really hard hitting journalism, so strap in, Tim. I'm ready. <laughs> all right. First question Favorite football movie? Uh, remember the Titans. Okay. Second question Favorite baseball movie? Mm, 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 mm. Um, Sandlot. That that is the correct answer. All right. Uh, question three, very important. Best hair gel. Crew. Oh, I'm a I'm an axe man. Okay, we're two for three. It's not bad. Uh, best baseball walkout song. I don't, Thunderstruck. I don't know. Yes, that is Good correct. Answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, describe the swamp in one word. Ferocious. Like that. Um, biggest threat to the SEC this year? Conference or team? Team, I'll say Ohio State. And conference? Probably the Big Ten, although I think they've been a little bit disappointing. I like, I like that answer. Connor, no comment there. Uh, two more questions. From my mom, who's a pastor, she, she had to insert this one. Favorite book in the Bible? Ooh, <laughs> Probably Proverbs, because it's all about, it's a manual on how we can try to live to be wise. You just made my mom's day. I said Deuteronomy, because I like saying the word Deuteronomy. <laughs> it's Deuteronomy. Dang it, dang it. Okay, final question. This is the most important one. All of our listeners want to know. Could you beat Coach O in an arm wrestling match? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. That's, I know. I said hard-hitting journalism. I, I feel like Coach O back in the day would just, like, rip people's arms off. But I feel like he's, <laughs> he's getting a little bit older, so it might not be as, you know, dynamic and explosive. So, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a, I feel like we just flip a coin. Okay, that's a fair. It's a, that's a very fair answer. No, my question to you, who do you think would win an arm wrestling contest? Tim, you know, I mean, listen, big fan of yours, but Coach O, hands down. I mean, it's... Yeah. 
That's fair. Um, no offense. Unless you go lefty. Fan. Yeah. He's an but intimidating we, guy. <laughs> I mean, I would lose to both of you, so it's fine. Tim, we, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, on behalf of the Allstate AFCA Good Works team, uh, enjoy week six. I will be Gaines, in Gainesville as well this weekend, so uh, I'm sure I will see you there. I'll wave down to you while you're on the field. Just wave up there, and I'll assume it's to me, okay? That sound good? Perfect. When that's you, I'll know it. Awesome. That sounds like a great thing. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. I was stunned to hear that Tim Tebow had not had an avocado today. I hope he's doing well right now. Our thoughts and prayers are with him as he tries to work through this time where he's not getting all of his good fats in there. So I'm getting enough for uh, both. That was fun. Am I right? Am I right, boys? <laughs> Uh, let's talk about uh, a subject that well, we didn't really hit on with Tebow because I don't think gambling is really uh, in his, his repertoire. Yeah, but we have picks this week. What do our good friends at MyBookie tell us about this week? So, shout out to MyBookie, favorite betting website, favorite website in general, to be honest. Um, make sure you head on over there. Use the promo code SDS. They will match your initial deposit up to 100%. Getting kind of late in the year. Maybe some picks haven't gone your way. Maybe you've been fading my picks, even though I've been killing it. 52 and 23 on the year. You know what percentage that is, Connor? We'll get to it. 52. We'll get to it later because I don't want to say it right now. But um, make sure you head over to SDS. If you're getting a little low on funds, you know, you can re-up a little bit, okay? They'll, they'll give you a hookup on that, I think up to 70% on a reload bonus. And if you deposit anything after 7 p.m., they'll not only match your initial deposit up to 100%, but if you use the promo code SDS25, they will match the deposit up to 100% and give you 25 extra dollars. In this economy? Yeah, I'll take it. I don't know what the economy's doing. It's That's probably good. Money. Um, anyway, moving on. It was 69%. That's what my percentage is this year. Killing it. Nice. Let's get into the picks of the week. Are you ready, sir? Let's do okay. it. First game we're going to discuss. Alabama heads to Fayetteville. They are a 35-point favorite. It is the biggest line uh, against a Arkansas team at home since 1996 when Sprayer and Florida went to town. Who you got? Bama covers by halftime. Ooh, yeah, but what about the second half? <laughs> Am I right? I don't know. Well, actually, last week that, that kind of yeah. mattered because Bama was covering it the first half and then I don't know. My favorite part was like you but... putting yourself on blast for the old takes exposed and then also making another bad take after the halftime. Keep, keep killing it, Connor. <laughs> all right, moving on. We, we we all say bad things sometimes. Okay. You didn't make your pick. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to because I'm nervous about this one. I'm going to say Arkansas oh covers 35. Yeah, wow. I know. I don't know why. Maybe I don't like that. It's probably John the Don Chavis is what you're scared John, about. John, John, come here. Come, John, I, does he coach or does he just water his lawn constantly? I just feel like he's, he's... John Chavis is every cop that's fought back tears when his daughter graduates high school. That's all I see when I see John Chavis. Go Google image him after the show. Keep paying attention. Moving on. Picks with Uncle Chris. UGA in a game that we pretty much set the line at for Vegas. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. 26 yep. and a half point favorite at home against Vandy. What you got? I think Vandy covers. I know that sounds weird. I, I think that I, I'm a little bit. I'm still just a little bit concerned about the the Georgia running game. I need to see it for a full sixty minutes. Um, I'm just kind of waiting to to see that offensive line dominate and impose its will. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a Vandy defense that 
uh, should have reasons to show up in this one and not get totally wiped off the face. Yeah, of you started that sentence with Vandy's defense, and I stopped listening halfway through because I don't think it's a real thing. Just like the boogeyman or love. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> that got dark. Who's your pick? You're going through all these I'm things and not pick. making a pick. Uh, Georgia. I think Georgia's going to win. Uh, I think it's it's interesting because this screams like a 41 to 14 type deal, 27 points, which seems like under Kirby the past years, that's almost like every game they've played. I think that Georgia covers. I think they've had a bad taste in their mouth after the Missouri game, after how they kind of closed the second half of last week against Tennessee. But they looked pretty good in the last five minutes, but up until then it was a struggle. So I'm going to take Georgia to cover, get back on the winning track. Next game, our friends out in Oxford hosting the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Who you got? Who you taking down there on the Grove? There's been a murder. That was really good. <laughs> uh, there's been a murder in Savannah. <laughs> Uh, give me, give me Ole Miss to uh, get kind of. That's kind of the Ole Miss way. They get the bad taste in their mouth after getting embarrassed by an SEC West Power. Then they come back and they look much, much better. Uh, NWO has a big week, and maybe the Ole Miss defense holds a team to like less than thirty points. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to do. I, I think, I think Ole maybe. Miss covers. I think they've looked bad the past couple weeks. It's time for Matt Luke. Just, you know, kind of kick down the doors a little bit. Let loose. Let your hair down. I don't know. He doesn't have a lot of hair. But either way, I, I, I like Ole Miss to cover. That's actually one of my favorite picks of the week. Um, let's see. Next game. Let's go to Columbia v. Columbia. Mizzou and C- Caboose. The Cock Cabooses. Damn it, Chris. Trying to rock. That's reach number four of the podcast. Mizzou is at Carolina. This line opened at uh, Carolina being favored by two. Mizzou is now favored by one and a half. Yeah, give me. That's three and a half points, Connor. Give me. That's that was I good know. math by you. You I'm know really I'm impressed. good at math. Give, give me Mizzou. I know the the health of Emmanuel Hall is kind of uh, up in the air right now, but I I just have not seen it yet from the South Carolina uh-huh. offense against a real you know. A real legitimate power five <laughs> defense, and I think Mizzou. I know wow, it sounds weird to say. A lot of I think Mizzou's defenses this this episode. I know I am. I think Mizzou's defense is actually better this year. I don't think they're you know top twenty or anything like that. But I think that Mizzou, even on the road, Drew Lock gets it going, and Tigers win. Uh, Battle of Columbia goes to the visiting team. Yeah, I would agree with that. I like Mizzou to win this one straight up. The coming up the, the bye week is the big reason for me. I think Mizzou covers the one and a half points. Uh, I think they win by about a touchdown, and then Muschamp loses his mind. Next game, uh, Auburn versus Mississippi State, the underachievement bowl. I, I mean, it's hard to say Auburn is underachieved when it's still number eight in the country. Uh, but I mean, You're you the know, one that said it so many times earlier in the episode, so that's fine. Move it on. Yeah, that's true. The, the uh, don't want to lose this bowl. What yeah, did I call it? Something like that. Mine was better. This is going to sound bad. This is gonna say sound, it. Say I've it been with wrong. I've been wrong on the last, like, I think I've been wrong on the last three Mississippi State spreads, so maybe I'll be wrong on one more. I'm going to say that Auburn covers. In this yeah, one. but that's not on the road. I know because it's different than what all I've been saying, you know, all year. From, and oh, you're like Stingray all over. You're like a, a better in shape Stingray. He turned his back on on Starkville, like you know, big businesses, like uh, road scholars, and everyone else has. Okay. Better in shape Stingray is probably the nicest thing you've ever said. And about I meant me. it. I meant it. That's the thing about me, man. I'm full of generous compliments. Not like you, old backhanded Dan. Anyway, um, so I'm going to take Auburn to cover. I don't like that hook at three and a half. I'm going to buy it down. 
It's about two. I'm definitely jumping on that money line, though. That's going to be like last week I put uh, an unhealthy amount of money on um, Ohio State's money line. I'm going to do the same this week for Auburn. That's that's my pick of the week. We have two more. Thoughts and prayers with thoughts and prayers with both of those offensive lines, oh, by God, the way, as we were real, saying earlier. For real. Yeah. All right. Kentucky heads to College Station. The boys are back in town. I feel like they love that song, College Station. So many bros. Uh, Texas A&M <laughs> opened with six and a half. I guarantee you walk into a bar at College Station, that's just that song and Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Probably somebody's like wagon wheel. They're like, fine, we'll listen to it once, but get back to the good stuff. Um, Texas A&M is a five and a half point favorite. I'm on one today. <laughs> Slap in the face. Snell, yeah, I'm taking Kentucky. Oh, my, my. Oh, Snell, yes. Kentucky put on that party dress. I'm not going to keep singing it, but it's a great song, and it's going to intro us in the next game. Shortly, I like Kentucky. I like Kentucky. I don't think they're going to win. But they, there's a stat I'd say all the time, Connor, and you always say I'm lying about it because I lie about a lot of things. All right? Here's the deal. Five and a half points. 73% of underdogs cover spreads of five to five and a half points. That's a, that's a fact. I love it. 43% win outright. I like Kentucky to cover, not to win, because Jimbo Fisher is... Oh, he's a tough one. Um, LSU heads to the swamp. We got swamp people heading down to the swamp. Okay, we got a battle of swamps. Swamp, 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 swamp music. Anyway, LSU, three-point favorite. It's up a half point, okay? By a field goal. Cole, Tracy, who you taking, Connell? You taking, taking a tiger or you taking a gator? This is going to sound bad. You better not. You don't want to disappoint me. <laughs> I'm taking a push. You're an idiot. You can't do that. That's take, not okay. I'm taking a push. I'm saying, no, that no, no, is no, no. not. I, I'll, I'll give no because I'll give an exact That's final score. I'm going to say LSU. LSU wins this game, 19 to 16. Oh, that okay. That I do like. 19 to 16. You know, you know how prime numbers get me going at football scores. Um, oh yes, they I've, do. That is, you can't do that. First off, just. Oh, I I just did. You buy you buy things down all the time. Why can't I call for a push and give There's a final score? There's no way to score? bet on that, Connor. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet the over-under. I'll take the under on that. Okay. That is that is the play. That is the play. Um, yeah, I'll take I'll take LSU. I wonder what the first half over-under is, too. Oh, I'm going to put a lot of money on some games this weekend. Anyway, I got LSU to win outright. I think I'm not going to jump off the train now. I love Coach O. We're going to get into – I'm not going to give you my favorite picks of the week because I want you guys to join me for the Facebook Live 10 o'clock this Saturday morning. We're on a little bit of a hot streak. Things are going well. I do like three to five games in this that are – I, I think are very winnable. I, I'm kind of surprised. I think Vegas is messing up on. That being said, is it time for a new segment? Coach O, let's do it. We're not going to do fourth and wrong today. We're doing Coach O karaoke. We do Ed Talks every oh, Sunday. Yeah. I sent you a list of a bunch of different songs, Connor. I'd like you to bring that list mm-hmm. up. I'm going to let you choose three of them. Where is that list? I, t- right I texted you the list. Oh, yeah, so this is going to be oh, Coach okay. O karaoke, because if there's one thing I've learned, um, y'all love some Coach O. Who doesn't love some Coach O? Uh, we're going to do Coach O karaoke, and it is going to be, I hope, enjoyable. Connor's going to... Marler, when, when did you text me this list? Because it was probably like a long time ago. It was literally ago. last night. It's been less than 24 hours. Why are you doing this? I I feel like this is a, a bold-faced lie. You've been texting me too much today. Oh, that's, wow. that's what. wow. Yeah. Okay, I'll bring no, it up. Right there. All right, oh, I got the list. Is. I got the list. We're good. <laughs> All right, we've got... Okay, so I just get to pick my, my, my pick best three, three right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start... We're going we're gonna to call some Baton Rouge. Let's, let's, well, let's go we're call gonna them start Baton Rouge. With, Coach, are you ready? We're going to bring him in and let him do his intro. Yep. 
in a iron tiger in a thrill of the fight. Lies in a hip, here we go. Here we go, here we go. Y'all come on around here. We gonna, uh, we gonna do a little karaoke here. Karaoke got an O in it. Coach O got an O in it. You know what else got an O in it? Beautiful, beautiful. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Regardless, I got a great singing voice. Very underrated, just like my coaching style. I would like to serenade the entire conference and audience with a few beautiful notes myself. Connor, go ahead. Coach O, um, can you please sing some Colin Baton Rouge for us. <clears throat> Operator won't put me on through. Got some I love that Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, hey, hurry up. Put on like I told the girl that one more time. I sing that every night before I before Mike Tiger go to uh, go to sleep. I feed him a little bottle or some some milk and uh and he just doze off. The tiger starts dozing off right now. Anyway, that Colin Baton Rouge got books. Moving on, next song, please. Let's, uh, let's go to a little classic song, um, Michael Scott's ringtone. I know you know it. It's My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. <clears throat> Fergie, first off, Fergie, a great singer. I know what she did in National Anthem. It wasn't great. That wasn't great. But Fergie herself, I'm Fergalicious all the time. Anyway, what are you going to do with all that junk? All that junk inside that trunk. I'm going to get, 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 get you drunk. Am I right, Jeff Valley? <clears throat> get you love drunk off my hump. Now, that's a song. Joe Burrow sometimes sing, uh, and he sing it to the, the crowd. We got a night game in Baton Rouge. <laughs> I tell you, big, you ain't getting just drunk all the hump. I tell you that. Go on that song, Connor. Uh, I'm, this is just a, it's a song, and it's a question. Do you think I'm sexy? Yeah, you lay on yeah, you love my body. Come on, baby, let me. You know, and the thing about my body is I still stay in shape. I drink a lot of Red Bull. I eat a lot of red meat. That's the thing. If it got red in it, I'm going to put it in my body. I'm going to say that right now. Okay? Um, that is something. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple more. A couple more I want to I do just for some of our, our listeners and Instagram people. Um, let's see. Uh, first and foremost... This was submitted by a friend of all, Wes Brana, and it is by the beautiful lyricist Nelly. It get hot in here, so take off all your clothes. I am get so hot, I won't take my hoe off. Boom. Yeah. And last but not least, Coach, just give us, Coach, give us one more. Um, Connor, what do you got? What do you think? I, you know what? I'll just I'll, he's got a, you know, he's got a special look in his eye. I think he I think he knows what he wants to do. Coach, you are my fire, the one desire. You are you are you are you are. Don't wanna he ain't nothing but a heartache. That's all I got. That was good. Good <laughs> Your karaoke skills are. I want it that way. I want it that way. I want a W that way. I want it all that way. I hope y'all come down and see us on the Swamp this weekend. Coach O, so well done. I, I can't I can't say enough good things. We're gonna have to get you on some karaoke sometime soon. If yeah, we, I just if did. we get to you know like seven and zero, Coach O, I think you know a little Georgia win. I think we need to really open I mean, it up. It would really karaoke. be getting hot in here. We get saw seven and zero down there. <laughs> Let's close things out with. It might mean too much. Got a few for you today. Uh, this is one that you will appreciate. Uh, Dave Purdom of ESPN reported that uh, a Vegas gambler dropped 
$1,600 at $1,600 on Alabama to beat Louisiana, the money line, in order to win $1.60. Why? I don't know. Alabama was 99,000 to one on the money line. What? Why would he? What a and sixty cents. I don't know why. I have no idea why. But risk sixteen hundred dollars just to do it. Why Louisiana? That's the reward. A dollar sixty to win. A yeah. Bet. Congrats, dude. Have you ever had a bet? Have you ever had a bet where it's been such ridiculous, such ridiculously low upside? I, I accidentally bet three hundred fifty dollars on the Sixers to win a playoff game this year because I didn't realize that I had bet. I wanted to bet like fifty or a hundred. Because I was dead set on them winning the money line, and I didn't bet the base amount. I bet, I, I bet. Oh. Yeah. So and they lost. <laughs> it was not a good day for me. Yikes! Uh, another one. Uh, Bart Eumann. Great name. Uh, sent me some photos. Great name. I think I'm, I, if I'm not pronouncing that right, Bart, I apologize. He sent me some photos of a wedding at the Tennessee Georgia tailgate last yes. week. Yes. The bride. April was a Georgia fan, and the groom, Michael, was a Vols fan. They had a Tennessee tent. The officiants had these Tennessee orange shorts on, and there was a sign outside that said, all you need is love and football. Hell yeah. Amen. He actually he messaged us Amen. on Instagram. I'm glad you got back in touch with him because I, I forgot to do that. No, he, he sent me an email. Really appreciate that. Was, that. that was pretty awesome. So, they did at the tailgate, like, like literally married at the tailgate. Yeah, and that, that's smart. It's because we saw people. I, there was, I think it was at like an Oklahoma game where people got married at halftime of the game. Texas Tech. But then you, oh Texas Tech, that yeah. Creepy ass then mascot. You can't watch the, away. Good lord. Yeah, then you can't watch the game. So doing it at the tailgate shows that you're dedicated to actually still watching the game, and you yeah, know, you, and get you the also have to be given so. away by the Red Raider, which again, creepy as hell. I love Bama, yeah, but I don't need creepy. Big Al giving me away unless you want to. Two different. Uh, so Benny Snell, by the way, the stomach tattoo was Benny Snell. That was Benny Snell last week. That was Benny Snell. Uh, somebody reached out to me and said that I can't remember who reached out was and it said Benny it, Snell? but it was in fact Benny Snell. It looked just like Benny Snell, and you denied me last week. Yeah, I mean, it was. So it was Benny Snell. Um, who else would get Snell? Yeah, tattooed on their chest like that. Well, I just, just gotta show you something real quick. All right, let's, let's <laughs> cut it out with the Eddie Lacy tattoo. <laughs> uh, by the way, I saw this uh, USA Today photo of a Benny Snell uh, ice sculpture, a Benny for Heisman ice sculpture. That was at a, that was at a Kentucky tailgate. And that thing will melt just that like might... he's melted in our hearts over the year. Go Cats. That was so good. Uh, let's, let's close out with, I know we said we we're going to close out with it might mean too much, but three quick five-star reviews. Thank you for sending in five-star reviews. Continue to rate and send us all of those reviews. We love getting those. This one from Fikes8, subject line, Luke Del Rio, our guy. Luke Del Rio is podcast gold. Could not agree more. We're going to have Luke on a lot during the regular season. We're going to get a regular segment going with him. Stay tuned for that. Or with just, you know, all Florida quarterbacks. It's yeah. kind of our, our brand yeah, now. Agreed. That's okay. So heads up, Rex um, Grossman. Um, <laughs> the next one comes from, let me see if I can get here. Uh, it is from TGJC1979. Uh, it says, awesome show. Love the show. All things God's Conference slash SEC mingled with Texas Pete's hot sauce. The official Benny Snell for Heisman campaign headquarters. Hashtag Snell, yeah. 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 Hashtag Snell, yeah. Yes, we are. Uh, last one. Coach O Talk. That's the subject line. This is from Schuler 82 Please keep this going all season long. Pause over Jaws. Y'all rock. Now you ain't got to worry about that. We're going to keep it going. I mean, you might oh, as well yeah. call me. 
uh, I forgot his name, but all night long, that's on. That, that guy, who, who, Lionel, Lionel Rich. You might yeah. well call me Lionel. Lionel got an O in it. Kojo got an O in it. You know what else got an O in it? Love. And I love y'all. Y'all have a great weekend. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoying week six. Make sure you're checking out Facebook Live Saturday Stop morning. Stop eating the plants, Coach. Uh, Seven o'clock Saturday morning. Watching every Monday night as well. Follow us on Instagram. Marler is crushing the Instagram game still. I know I say that every week, but I truly Can't mean it. Uh, I'm just gonna set you up with all the great stats. And yeah, thank you for that. That's good. You're the glue. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Follow us on Twitter at the SDS Pod at C Marler SDS at CJ O'Gara. Coach O, Week Six, LSU Florida. What do the people need to remember? We coming for you. It might mean too much, but we ain't backing down. We'll talk to you on Sunday. <laughs>